Jakob Burns is a native of South Africa and an American citizen. He's been fighting sex trafficking as a personal mission. After witnessing the horrors of trafficking through his younger sister, who is now a survivor, Yaku turned abolitionist in 2001. He's a well-recognized speaker on human trafficking, Christian faith, and motivation. He's my Bible study leader, and he actively fights trafficking in the United States and globally, giving aid and linking with agencies such as the TSA, FBI, police department, sheriff, CIA, ICE and Homeland Security, SRT, foreign agencies, and over 172 non-governmental organizations in 56 countries around the world. Welcome, Yaku, to the Economic War Room. Kevin, thank you. Uh, it's great to be here. It's great to finally have you join us. You know, I've been a big fan. You're on Blaze Television. I see you all the time. Uh, and I, you know, like I said, you're, you're my Bible study leader, which I love. So um, why is human trafficking such a personal issue to you. It's not, it's not just a business. It is a personal issue. Yeah, and, and I'm thankful, Kevin, for anybody that picks up that fight because God moves their heart. But for us, it is personal. I was raised without a father, single mother, amazing woman of God. When I was 18, my sister was 12, and that year, uh, Ilonka was trafficked. And, and, and nobody knew that it was trafficking, of course. And that was a six-year journey to Ilonka's rescue so you're talking about a lot changes in a child's life from, six to, from 12 to 18. Those wow. six years are yeah. pivotal years, but it's by design. And so then we learn through her eyes what trafficking is and what men had done and how certain men will buy a human being like a commodity or sell a human being like a commodity, particularly children, right? And you are flooded with guilt and resentment of yourself and where was I as a protector? And then you learn this thing called force, fraud, and coercion. You learn how predators operate. And that's 28 years ago. So 28 years now we've been in this fight. And the alarming thing, Kevin, is that it's never been worse than today. And it's nowhere worse than in the United States of America. Well, we're in the economic war room. This is a type of economic warfare. It's probably the most human type of economic warfare. This and forced organ harvesting and you know, the, the just atrocious things that people do to other human beings. Slavery, sex slavery, all of these things. Um, so is it really all about the money or is there more to it? There's more to it, but let's talk economics just for a second, you know, and just to put things in perspective for Americans, and you do such an incredible job with the show as a patriot, Kevin, I respect and, and honor you. You do amazing work, your team, so thank you for how you invest into our culture. We're talking about a 52 billion, with a B, billion dollar industry worldwide. 52 billion dollars, we're talking women and children sold for sex in America, in the 50 states of America. American children, American women predominantly, some men and boys too. But remember, that's an EBITDA number. That's a no tax number. Yeah. That's a net net game, EBITDA number. So you tell me, what is a gross margin and a gross, uh, you know, profit on a company that has a 52 billion EBITDA. Yeah. That's a company that dwarfs Nike, Coca-Cola, Under Armour, the NFL. You're talking about selling children for sex in this country is bigger business than all of the sports brands combined. And it is, from what I understand, the biggest business of the Super Bowl. With all the ads and everything else, Super Bowl came here and we got some of the uh, police warnings 
about the spike in human trafficking that would result just from having that event in this location. And if you remember that here, we actually had a victory by God's hand because we had a massive ice storm that Super Bowl. People couldn't move, and we were like, hey, the traffickers can't get to the kids. But you're right. When people move, people get sold. But it is economics drive it, but it's not the main driver. You know, we know the love of money is the root of evil. Otherwise, money is just an amazing tool in God's hand. It's a moral issue, Kevin. It's, a, it's, a, it's an identity issue. And if you look at America today, really, what's our number one problem? We have a massive identity crisis. The nation. The That's nation true. has an identity crisis of why did God allow America to, to be in the first place? What's the purpose of America, the United States, in the kingdom of God? What role does it play in the second coming of Jesus? What role does it play in, in being a light to the world? Hope, redemption, restoration of lives. We've lost our identity in swoops movements. It's a, we'll give you an identity. As a matter of fact, you can be one of 3,000 genders. You know, and then we have to ask why children. And the reason why children are being attacked uh, through sex is sex is a powerful weapon. It's very powerful. It's destructive when it's contorted in the wrong direction. And ultimately, it's to destroy legacy. It's the legacy of this nation. That flag which we honor, that flag is a symbol. That's not America. It's a symbol. America's people, Kevin. 4% of the world's population. Yes. But based on your statistic, maybe a third of the human trafficking revenues? Inside the 50 states. Just in the United States. We're the number one nation on earth demanding, because supply meets demand. Business econ 101. Supply meets demand. Demand doesn't meet supply. So when we say kids are flooding across the border, the cartel's bringing them in, I go, yes, true, all true. But who's buying? Yeah, why? What's Who's the purpose? buying? Yeah. Because if we it's stop American. buying children today and we all of a sudden start buying lawnmowers, the cartel will bring lawnmowers. They brought cocaine because we bought cocaine. We have to stop buying. Now, why do we buy? Now you get to root issues. It's an emptiness inside. It's a lack of morality. It's a moral compass that is lost. It's a personal identity, which for me, in Christ that is not there. And then the enemy will come in and steal, kill, destroy. And yeah, sex no is effective. So the Sound of Freedom movie has brought a lot of awareness. What are your thoughts on that film? It's kind of a bittersweet moment. I'm so thankful for the awareness, Kevin. And Sound of Freedom did exactly what it was supposed to do. It made people aware. But it kind of have a, had a little bit of the Taken result, the movie Taken with Liam Neeson, where a lot of Americans now go, human trafficking is real. It's atrocious. We have to go help these kids in Cambodia and in South America. And I go, yes, we do, but it's in your neighborhood. It's right here. It's right here. And so one movie can't tell at all, so I'm thankful for the awareness. I, I would have liked to see a stronger call to action. And our call to action, I believe, in this country, as in the political movement, is grassroots. We have to get really focused, hyper-local. Not the White House. The problems we face in our culture is at home. It's in the home. It's fatherlessness. It's, it's the lack of identity. It's the church being silent at times. It's where are you? you know? Well, you know, you shared with us in the Bible study, you said within, I don't remember, recall the exact, within five miles of this location, and you just rattled off some statistics that would blow your mind. Yeah. And when I think about it, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about some of the solutions that we can implement. Yako, you, you have a love for America. I wish 
people born here have the same passionate love for this nation that you experience and you evidence and, and you encourage others with. But it's not your country of origin. How do you feel having immigrated here and then watched this nation and its ideals being sold out from underneath us? Kevin, other than my salvation, my marriage, and my kids, the greatest honor, I don't know that anything else would top it, is standing in front of a judge hearing, welcome, new citizen of the United States of America. What a moment. And to get there, I had to understand the branches of government. I had to pass exams, written and verbal. I had to know the history of this country. I had to sworn an allegiance to bear arms to defend it against enemies, foreign and domestic, right? Now I'm watching people flooding into the country, and, and they're not even asked to consider to become American. There's no assimilation. There's no prerequisite, nor will they. If you look at Canada, there's no Canadian, true Canadian culture. It's French-Canadian, Italian-Canadian, South African. This is the United States of America. Here we have a set of values. It's one nation under God. Our Constitution is written from the Word of God the, with blood Freedom was won, and it has to be preserved. I, I hope it's righteous anger, because I talk to the Lord a lot about it, but it really pains me, Kevin. When I, like, for instance, I can't even look when someone has the U.S. flag touch the ground, never mind set it on fire, when law enforcement spat on, when the country is treated like it's a stepchild. It, it, it's something to be preserved, because it is the last flickering light of hope on earth. Well, it's all about individual liberty. Correct. It is not about collectivism. It is not about being from a certain group or, or whatever. It was designed with property rights and individual liberty and dignity and all of those things. When you see trafficking, which is selling of God's children, it's the exact opposite Ops, yeah. of individual liberty. It is saying that the group is more powerful than the individual and certain groups are more powerful than other groups. It's Which is why we're a republic and not a democracy. And you should see how, how easily some of your politicians on the left throw the word democracy because it's actually what they want, where the majority rules, where the individual has no rights. The individual cannot say, for me and my house, yeah. I will serve the Lord. For me and my house, I will fortify my children. I will decide where they go to school, what they learn and what they don't. I will decide who has inroads in their life, who speaks into their life. They don't want that. They want collectivism. They want groupthink. As a matter of fact, I believe they'd like for you to stop thinking. Yeah. We'll think for you. That's what mob rule is. Correct. Where people stop thinking. Correct. And they, they, they take offense very easily. And that's something you, that, that you're teaching us in the Bible study is, is to guard against personal offense. They take offense very easily. And then they take action based on that that violates any level of morality or dignity. That's when mobs burn down villages and mobs uh, you know, harm individuals. That's the frightening thing that we see in America is, is that there are people weaponizing a mob and mob rule to destroy individual liberty, which is literally an attack on God. Yeah, and look, let no disaster go to waste, right? Or, and if no disaster, create one. Yeah. I mean, this is just, you know, infuse chaos. And, and, and again, I said earlier, the definition of human trafficking, right, which I had a small little hand in writing, is actually the exploitation of persons through the mechanism of force, fraud, and coercion. Well, hello. All that is prevalent in every aspect of life in America today. What you should eat, what vaccine you should or should not take, how you should speak, 
how you should address somebody, what you may think or may not think, where you can or cannot go to higher education. They want to shape that culture. We are way further, in my opinion, Kevin, we're way further down the line into a Marxist socialist society than we actually are willing to admit. I think you're right. And, and, and it comes about from that mob rule. You're an athlete. You know what it's like to get a crowd worked up over people they've never met yep. and worried about little things, whether a ball goes through a goal or not, and people have been killed. Shape their lives Because they've you. said the wrong thing. Yeah. They built their, their identity is built around it and everything else. But you have an alternative, and that is finding identity in Christ. It's, it's the ultimate answer because it comes back to individual liberty. See, I can't atone for your salvation. I can't. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. And no one can take that from you. When you have it, no government, no system. You could be in the Middle East right now, with, with Prince Mohammed bin Salman looking over your shoulder saying you will be a Muslim and if you've given your heart to Jesus, you can't change it. Even if that means death. This is Esther. If I die, I die. That's the beauty of the kingdom and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not collective. It's not group. It's not performed for the masses and get the nod of a high priest or a high pope that taps you on the shoulder and say, now you qualify. No, it's me and my Savior. And nobody can interfere with that, and you can't take it from me. That's the, and, and if you really think of America, it's how we were built. It's why our founding fathers set it up that it's almost, Kevin, like they read the Word of God. Yeah, no, there's a book on the shelf behind me, A Christian History, the Constitution of the United States. It is built on the Word of God, no doubt. It's, it's flawed in many ways. Yes. But it is, was intentional to obey God in the way the Constitution. And if we're all individuals, for example, each of my five fingers performs a different function. And my hand performs a different function from my feet. God wants the body of Christ, all of us, to be the individuals that we are, but tied to Him so that we function together as a body. It's the opposite of mob rule. It's individuals working together. And, and your ministry's got this. I, I look at the holistic approach you have by media and awareness, how you educate people, training and research, how you build them up, rescue support, how you help rescue people out of trafficking, and then legislation and policy. So it's dealing with individuals in various areas to combat this most evil of human things, human trafficking. And if we think of legislation and policy, right, for instance, you know, and, and Tammy Rodriguez on our team is brilliant at this. It is, let policy protect and reflect the rights of the individual. Not the other way around. Don't go make policy that put people more into groupthink. And we look at a lot of policy on the left and the right. It's actually not in line with who we are as a nation. It's not in line with God. And I always say that no law makes a man moral. And a law that's not enforced is as good as toilet paper. You can flush it, yeah. and we see that all the time. Or selectively enforced. Or selectively enforced for certain people. Maybe certain president's sons. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about that. The, the, the whole laptop and all of that is filled with so many drug crimes, sex crimes, uh, co coercion, corruption crimes. But included in there, there are some human trafficking crimes too, right? The Marco Polo report highlighted this 144 sex crimes against the Biden family. Well, we should talk about that when we come back from a break, uh, but we've got to capture that and address it. 
So, Yaku, you've seen the laptop, right? The report that was put out. Um, why are we not prosecuting that? It is selective legislative affairs. It is, we, I believe firmly now, we have a DOJ that's been weaponized against the American people. I've said for years, I actually believe that the FBI in its onset was designed, ultimately, to be utilized as an agency against the American people. Uh, and so now it's selectivism. Now you've got a president's son, 144 sex crimes. On that laptop is, are minors from other nations. Where are those nations? You know, 13-year-olds. It's, it, it's riddled. If any regular American had one, one, Kevin, of those offenses, you're talking about 30, 35, 40 years in jail in front of a jury of peers. This doesn't even see the inside of the court because it is Joe Biden's son. Because now we know that a president was operating under allegedly a pseudonym, communicating the big guy, etc. And there's favor upon this guy. But may I remind you, Ivanka Trump, as the daughter of the president, as someone in the cabinet, had to close a clothing line that she had in a department store because they said it's unfair. It's, it's not right. The president's daughter can't be profiting from oh, being. God. But here's Hunter. We got cocaine. We gloss over things today as if it's like, ah, it's just another thing. No, it's not. Well, hold on. The most secure, basically skiff room in the world, the White House, more than the Kremlin, right, has just random cocaine in it. And we're like, ah, it just comes with the territory. No, it doesn't. It's unacceptable. We're crossing societal moral lines, Kevin, every day. And the problem is, I, I, I talked to God one day and I said, Lord, help me understand this. And God said, Yaku, Satan cannot steal from me. I'm God. And I go, okay, but there's a lot of stuff in Satan's camp. And he goes, yes, because my son's forfeited it. Mm. So let's talk about that from a very different perspective what would cause Hunter Biden to spiral out as he has done? I mean, he was arguably raised by one of the most successful politicians in the history of America. Uh, he had the best schools, the best available education, business opportunities, and so forth. And even if his business dealings were legitimate, and they weren't, but they could have been, what would cause him to spiral out like we see in that laptop? What's missing in his heart? Somewhere, we call it the root lie. Every sex traffic victim that we rescue, right? And by God's grace, we've had 13 rescues in the last, you know, two months, right? Of American children. Wow. Praise God, right? Yes. Every single one of those survivors have the same issue Hunter has. There's a root lie somewhere when they were young of love and belonging. I don't measure up. Purpose. Identity. And, and it's not enough to say, I'm a Catholic. Relationship with Jesus Christ produces healing internally of real deep wounds, heart hurts that could be subliminal, that ultimately comes out. And it comes out in a child does what? Screams for attention. Yeah. When a child throws a tantrum. So what is Hunter doing as a grown man? Grown man. He's still throwing tantrums like a child. But he's just doing it by being high, by getting naked on camera, by snorting cocaine. He's screaming. By filming all of this. Correct. By dropping the laptop It's insanity. Off. It, it's where you know it's going to be found. But remember, Scripture tells you you can either be deceived, so a man can deceive another man, or you can be under the spirit of deception. Now, that's demonic. Yeah. Right? 
Or God can say, God says they've been given over to a spirit of stupor. When you put truth in front of Americans today and they watch a video and they go, that's not, that's not my truth. That's a spirit of stupor. No question. They are blind. Hunter, yeah, they'll film themselves, drop it off. This, and that's ultimately also how they get snared up, right? Now we have the evidence. I want to ask, you know, like evidence on January 6th, evidence on the laptop, evidence that it's been there. It's been there since the laptop was recovered. They didn't, man, it didn't happen later. The FBI has had that evidence for now, what is it, a year and a half, two years almost? Still, there's no prosecution. You have to almost corner law enforcement today and force them to do the right thing because the powers that be at the top, Kevin, are dancing to the piper. No, there's no question. And that's why the Sound of Freedom, why it was opposed, because it kind of breaks through that spirit of stupor and you wake up and say, oh, this is happening. But exactly. not to the degree that we must. I mean, I saw that and I thought, okay, if I were at the border in San Diego, then yeah, okay, we, sh we should catch those bad people bringing people across. But what you said, it might be at the 7-Eleven around the corner or the Exxon Mobil station on the highway that the trafficking is taking place or at the shopping mall or in the church. Kevin, I'll be real brief. The Institute for Shelter Care is a coalition of the best practices for safe houses. And I'm, I'm on that board and I, and I serve there greatly and, and Gene Allard is a champion. We did a study, okay? 25 to 47%, you're an economist, 25 to 47%, so a quarter to a half of all trafficking cases in all 50 states are in, on the hands of a caregiver. It's a family member trafficking their own child. More than half of our cases, of the last 13 I just talked to you about, and it's probably more than 13, were, were family members trafficking their own children. It's a father. What does that say about a society and a culture? That's the land of the free, the home of the brave. A nation that says it's 65% Christian, which I question highly, maybe by name, yeah. sell their own children, mothers taking their own children to drag shows? Hurt people hurt people. Correct. It's the disease that continues to perpetuate that we're, it's a contagious disease mm -hmm. of lacking identity inside. You've got an incredible ministry. Uh, how can people follow your work? Where do they, what's the best website to find you? We dedicate all our social media just to fighting human trafficking. So my Instagram is an incredible resource on the fingertips for people, yaku.boyens. And then help, the word help, J-B-M, so Juliet Bravo Mike, helpjbm.org is our website. That stands for Yakuboyens Ministries. But there people can get educated on how do I talk to my son, my daughter, how do I fortify them. We believe that we can save a child before they need rescue. So at helpjbm.org, there's over 1,200 pieces of resource for families, from legislation all the way down to how do I just talk to my family. Well, on your website, you've got a how to support or get involved. You talk about a fundraiser. People can do a fundraiser, which is an economic warfare way to fight yes. back. You can be an advocate. Uh, you can learn how to identify track trafficking, and then there's a place to book you as a speaker. I highly recommend, say the website again, the easiest way to find Help it. Helpjbm.org. Helpjbm.org. Now, we've just covered the most human side of economic warfare, which is human trafficking. This is an opportunity for you to weaponize your money, your giving, your spending, your investing, so that it aligns with supporting human dignity and the individual getting to know God, which is the solution to this problem. Yaku is a friend, and he's someone we turn to as an expert. We're going to cover all this in our free economic battle plan, and you can get your copy at economicwarroom.com. 
Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.